I am the woman at the well. I come to the well in the heat of the day alone to avoid the sneers and the gossiping, wagging tongues that cut into my already broken heart. I avoid the painful ignorance and the lack of loving care. Shame, it is my only covering. My men, they have all thrown me away for those that are younger and prettier than I. The shattered pieces of my life lay scattered all around me, leaving a trail of tears, desperate to be loved, shattered and scattered as my soul. And then, he, the king, the Messiah, Yeshua, he came to meet me, me, at the well. He told me all about myself. He didn't shame me. He didn't blame me. He didn't chastise me. He forgave me. He accepted me. And he healed and delivered me. He fulfills all my hopes of an abiding, undying love that will never end. Shalom, everybody. This is a modern-day Samaritan woman bringing to you healing for the nations. We are on a journey together to the heart of our Father. And on that journey, we have fellow sojourners walking alongside of us. On this journey, we are preparing our wedding attire because on this journey, the destination actually is a wedding feast of mm. the Lamb. And so I'm so excited today to have my friend Simi join us. Welcome. Thank you. I am excited to be here with you. Simi, you and I just spent a whole hour chatting and um we covered a lot of ground in that chat so i'm hoping to recapture some of that conversation because i'm really excited about what the father is doing and you know i talk a lot about preparing our wedding attire i talk Mm -hmm. a lot about how we have spots and wrinkles on the back of our wedding attire and how we need safe people to come alongside of us to speak the truth and love to us to help us to see the spots and the wrinkles so it's not all about just seeing the spots and the wrinkles but it's having the proper spot remover the proper way of of dealing with those wrinkles on our wedding dress. We're also talking about how there's different people within the body with different gifts, different talents, different callings. Some of us have been called to be healers. You are one of those people that have been called to be part of the solution. And there's way too many people that are in the problem. We need solutions that we can apply that are that are simple solutions, simple and effective solutions that help us heal different areas in our in our lives. So before we go any further, I would love for you to share with people your name and your ministry, if you could please. Yes, my name is Simonette Cherapanov, and the company that Abba has asked me to form is called Seven Lamp Wellness, LLC, and it is all about restoration. Restoration. I love that word, restoration. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I love to say is the Father is restoring not just his Torah, Mm -hmm. his, his feast days, 
and kosher, clean diet, and Shabbat. But he is also restoring his daughters. He is restoring his people. One of the things that's encompassing the restoration is restoring different areas of health. Yes. And that's the part of the why actually my husband came up with the name Seven Lamp Wellness is because, you know, our, our Savior, Yeshua, our Messiah, he is the tree of life. And um, that menorah was made to look like a tree and everything comes from one pure piece of gold, which is him. He's in the midst of the menorah. We see also in Revelation says that when his spirit is um, seeing the different uh aspects of it we we read in Isaiah you know, that it talks about the seven spirits is knowledge understanding counsel power reverence and intimacy well i flipped those two intimacy and then reverence um so uh when you when you have that as your core value if he is the way the truth and the life and nobody comes to the father except through him as john tells us in 14:6 then obviously you you have to know what the menorah is you have to know what the tree of life is you have to go back to creation i'm a, a creation gospel trainer too and love what our father has given dr halisa elwine to train all of us to do the same thing you're doing. The bride is making herself ready. So we all need to learn this principle so that we know what to do. And um, so that is part of it when you refract the light that comes in because the light is pure that comes from our father. It does refract in a rainbow color. You have seven different colors. And uh, that's just so that I can see it easier, you know, the, the different aspects of him. So that's why it's called Seven Lamp Wellness. It involves so many things. I'm a certified brain health professional from the Amen uh, University, which is Dr. Daniel Amen's. He's the founder of it. And he does everything through a holistic also approach, which will include your diet, your the sleep, exercise, supplements, spiritually, not just biologically, emotionally, all that encompasses different techniques to stay, keep your brain healthy. So it is it everything that the father has taken me through to prepare me so that I could be a suitable instrument in his hands to help the bride get herself ready has come from different venues, different teachings that all come that you can all place on the menorah very easily from people that don't even know each other. That's the beauty of it. Then, you know, this the Holy Spirit. And it is beautiful to see how he really, if we dig into that menorah, if we dig into the tree of life and the giver of life, we would find all we need to walk a healthy and victorious because at life, because in Revelation, we are called the overcomers, right? Yes. He who overcomes, he who overcomes. Yes. <laughs> so what do we need to overcome? Oh, goodness gracious, a lot. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I call it shedding snakeskins. Yeah. Shedding those snakeskin lines. So I love that you're talking about Dr. Halissa Elwine because I'm actually signed up for her upcoming class that Keisha's going to be teaching. Yay. And I have been listening over and over and over to the creation gospel. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so that's pretty exciting. Yes. Um, yes. And I'm looking forward to learning more about it. It will change your life because it is a new um, paradigm. It really brings a lot of things into perspective in a way that is simple. The Bible is not that complicated. It is deep, but it's not that complicated. He made it in a way that we could understand it no matter what level you are you can understand what he's saying. So she makes it easy. (laughs) I love it. I love it because it is, you know, it's supposed to be so simple that a child can grasp hold of it. Yes. But yet there's, there's a lot of layers and layers from Mm -hmm. my understanding. And it seems like the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know because it, it does go so deep. And and I love Mm -hmm. the depth that Dr. Elwine takes it and um so yeah i'm pretty mm-hmm. excited about um what i you know the the journey i'm about to embark on and um so if anybody that who's listening is interested in learning more i believe that keisha's grace and torah yes dot mm-hmm. net dot net thank you so much healing the brain healing the trauma I know for me, I have gone to therapist, one therapist after another. I've read a library full of books on dysfunctional families, on trauma, on all sorts of addictions. And I have for years pursued an understanding of what happened to me growing up in childhood and how it impacted me and how on earth I ended up a drug addict and alcoholic and mm-hmm. going from going from one abusive relationship to another you know going to therapists helped somewhat um, mm-hmm. it helped to understand in my head but it did not heal my nervous system it did not heal the trauma. There's a book that I'm sure you've probably heard of or read. It's called uh, The Body Keeps Score. Mm-hmm. And it's written by Dr. Help me out, um, Vanderkolt. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm taking his certification in January. <laughs> oh, that's awesome that you're going to be taking yes. certification through him. So mm-hmm. the body keeps score. So I really like what the fathers called you to do is to offer people hands-on tools to put in their tool bag. Mm-hmm. Can you talk um, a little bit about some of the tools that you use to help people to to heal their brain and their nervous system? Yes, I'd love to. It's um, It's been really a... a a very um, interesting and very revealing because, of course, you know, you, you think you're okay <laughs> and then you're studying all these things and you're like, oh, that's why I do that. Oh, no wonder that happens. You know, it's like what amazing. I love it the way he does that. Um, so there are a lot of different things that I've been certified, EMDR and CBT, and, you know, those are all techniques psychotherapies that uh, have been, they're not too old. All of this has been pretty much developed since the 1950s. So it's uh, fairly new compared to 
the, you know, psychology has been around for a lot longer than that. There are, because everything changes and the more that neuroscience has developed, the more inroads we have of how our brain works. And it's really interesting to see, you know, it's kind of like when you are stuck in traffic and it can be really hard to get to your final destination. But if you imagine your brain as a road and as stressful and scary events uh, can happen and have a cause roadblocks in your body. It's kind of like, you know, you somatize the pain. It goes somewhere in your organs, in your body. When you have too many roadblocks, if you can, you know, it can cause a traffic jam in your brain and create all sorts of problems. But the important things is how do we go back to clearing all those roadblocks. And uh, like you said, you know, that the storytelling is a very healing technique and usually helps a lot when you are going through different uh, therapists and things like that. The problem that it can have for certain things, you know, is we're not throwing a, um, a blanket here on every problem. We're just focusing right now on trauma, right? So what happens with trauma is that you have created wrong inroads. You know, you've had created uh, things that most of the time from every study that I've ever read, most of the trauma occurs within the first seven years of life of a child. Why? Because during those seven years, we are being programmed. We literally, our brain has different wavelengths and the wavelength that it's easy to program and where you deal with issues and when you acquire new patterns of behavior is in the theta wave. That is when you're falling asleep or you are uh, dreaming or right before you wake up, you go again into theta. In between those two stages, you have delta. You're like, your brain waves are almost flatlined. It's very, very minimal, the movement, because that's where we heal, where it, where restoration takes place, where we actually replenish, kind of like a supermarket. You know, you replenish all the shelves that are empty. That's the time that your brain has to do to do that when it's not doing other things. But then you wake up, you go into alpha or beta. And um, like right now, hopefully most people are in beta or gamma. They are absorbing, they're learning from all of this. So your wavelengths are a lot faster and the amplitude is a lot bigger. So with that said, when you are working with a brain that is very slow, it's grabbing, it's learning. We have mirror cells that mimic what they see. So we learned sometimes really bad patterns that are not congruent with the word of God. So what doesn't belong, whatever is in, you know, he's the creator, obviously, of this incredible brain. So he created in such a way that it works properly from head to organs, you know, from the brain to all our organs and back to the brain, that communication is perfectly clear. All the messengers that need to go up and down, I call it Jacob's Ladder, are there to work properly when there is no roadblocks because everything is working according to pattern, according to his DNA, according to the way, you know, you're creating protein, our DNA creates protein, those are thoughts, uh, and then they are in accordance to his word. So 
everything flows perfectly. But when things are entered in there into that uh, or they create blockage and a new neural pathway is created that is not congruent with God's word, that's when you have toxicity in your brain and toxicity in your body. Then the circuitry does not work properly. Those um, electrical impulses and those chemical pathways are not being, they don't go, they don't flow easily. You can have during that time, just imagine a, a pasture and you have all these cows that are going to go from point A to point B and they always go through this route and they leave a nice little road, you know, a, a little clear passage that, you know, up oh, that's where the cows walk because, and it's funny, they just all follow one uh, after the other. The, the cow pass can be as big as, you know, miles away and they all walk behind each other in the same way because that's the way our brain is also structured. We have all this linkage between one dendrite, one cell brain to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. And it creates this line. Well, when that line is not what God has for your brain, then those cells don't connect properly and you have all kinds of short circuits. <laughs> so what happens is you need to bring it back. And that's what I like to offer people. That first tool that I like to offer that I think it should be like, you know, psychology 101 for everyone is how to make that connection between all my organs in my brain to do it the way God intended it, not the way I was programmed wrongly. So when you start doing that, what you're doing is you're creating bumpers on that bowling alley and you're saying, you know, you're hitting the mark, right? We are, that's what Torah is all about. You, you start shooting and it goes straight in between those bumpers. That's the word of God. So that muscle memory keeps telling you stay on this road so the cows start going now in a different road <laughs> and you can see the other road that was right there on your left uh, it's still there but as long as you don't walk on it that's when we re-injure ourselves or re-traumatize ourselves repeating the story again and again and again that field starts to fill up and one day you look to your left and there is no cow path anymore. That's the beauty of how our brain works. And this one that you had these bumpers and you kept shooting straight, you can take those bumpers out and those cows will stay on it until he comes home, <laughs> until we go home <laughs> or he takes us home, you know? So it's one of those things that you want to use the word of God. You want to use the way he created our brain and that's what neuroscience has brought into. There's so much information now. I remember when I was taking um, pre-med in the 80s, they taught us that nerves, when you cut them, they that's it. They can never regenerate. And we thought it was true. It was in books. That's, you know, I needed to study that and I aced all my all of my anatomy and physiology classes on wrong information because that is not true. Now it is known and it's been proven that yes, nerves do regenerate and you can create new ones. So it's like, okay, 
it's not like the old is bad. It was just not the whole picture. And we're getting better and better and clearer picture now. So that way we can go about it in a different way. And one of the things that is so important to remember, and I use these two scriptures to uh, really solidify what I do. Do I cover everything that there is out there? No, I don't. I just, my job that he has given me as an EMT ambulance technician, <laughs> I'm, a, uh, I'm an EKG tech also, uh, it is the heart stop, let, let's start pumping it again. That you are out in an accident, let's stop the bleeding. Let's, you know, stabilize that broken bone. And then you go to the hospital, you let others take care of the long-term um, healing process. But I just make sure that I give you enough so you don't die. I don't want you to die. <laughs> I want you to give you hope. I want you to know, hey, the cast that is going to be put on this bone that is broken, it's not going to heal your bone. It's only going to immobilize it. There is no healing power in a cast. The body does its own healing. Yeah. And these two scriptures are foundational. One says, for I am confident of this very thing that he who started in that he is God who started the good work in you will complete it. The father will complete what he started in you and you don't have to worry about it. Let him heal you. Just like, you know, if you need to put a cast on and just be immobilized for a little while, it's only 30 days. <laughs> Usually a bone heals. And then you let, that's why this techniques usually takes about 28 days to create that habit because it goes into your short-term memory. So just keep doing what you're doing and let the body heal itself. So then uh, you know that it is up to him, not you. I'm not healing myself. My father is healing me through all these things. I'm just cooperating with him because I've been fighting him. And instead of making that trek for 11 days from Egypt to the promised land, it's taking me 40 years because I keep going in circles until I get the message. Let me do it. So when we get back from break, you can share gotcha. those scriptures. So we will be right back. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second half of Healing for the Nations with a modern-day Samaritan woman. Before we went on break, I was chit-chatting with a dear friend of mine, Simi, and she was sharing with us some scriptures that are very helpful in healing the traumatized brain. So, Simi, welcome back. Thank you. So, let's do a little recap. Okay. I'm going to just hand the, the mic over to you and have you talk a little bit more about what you do in your ministry, um, healing the traumatized brain, and then we're going to talk about the upcoming Good Samaritan Women's retreat awesome well just recapping on the what the scripture that i used before is philippians 1 6 and it says i am confident of this very thing that he who started the good work in you will complete it until the day of yeshua our messiah when we actually see him face to face so this is a journey that have an end because as we 
also read in scripture, we came out of the dust and we will go back to the dust and the spirit will go back to where it came from. So this journey of this body, that is our temple, that is our house until he gives us a new one. Um, it is what we have to take care of. And, um, but knowing that he who started the good work in me will complete it helps me keep hope and say, yep, it's messed up. This house is a mess. A bomb went off in here and there's, you know, cleaning to do and painting and putting new furniture, getting rid of all damaged furniture. You know, there's a work to do, but this house will be um, care for if we, you know, if we know how to care for ourselves and no matter what has been done to us or what have we done to it, because sometimes I'm the one who blows the bomb in it, not, oh, yeah. <laughs> not somebody else. Uh, so then it's okay. You know, we're immature in many different ways. And also that scripture tells us that if we're still here and seeing each other, <laughs> we're all immature. <laughs> so nobody has it above somebody. You, we, you know, somebody may have walked a little bit longer and God has given them a little bit more insight on different things. But if we are still here, we are not done. You know, we will be done the day that we can see him face to face and you no longer see me. Uh, so in the meantime, so knowing that, that helps me. Okay, good. We're on this together. He wants to heal me and I want to be healed. So then why is it that it's so hard, Ava, to do this? Then he reminded me what First John 4.18 says. And that is that there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment or is concerned with punishment. And he who fears has not been perfected by love. So knowing how the brain works and how that first uh, survival mode that's also called the basal brain or they call it the reptilian brain. It is just pretty much our flesh, uh, our animal side. <laughs> it's so concerned on staying alive. You know, we do anything and everything to stay alive, which is a commandment. He does tell us to choose life. So it is a good thing. But when fear is what's running that, which is given by to us by him, because if we don't fear that a lion is going to come and eat me alive, then I'll just stay here and wait for him to eat me. <laughs> so I will run <laughs> and not let him to do that. Right. So fear is important but it shouldn't rule my life. Yeah. And when when fear is ruling my life, then I'm not thinking because there is no executive function in, th in that place of fear. It's only there to keep me alive, to run away, to fight, flight, yeah. freeze, or fawn. Those are the patterns that unfortunately we live by most of our lives because those are the ones that are set in motion during those first seven years where that prefrontal cortex, where the mind of Messiah is, is not even developed right. yet. And we so, get stuck um, there. It gets stuck and we in get fight, flight, freeze, yeah, bond. Mm -hmm. Exactly. We do. And there is no, and this, this was another thing that was so refreshing to me to learn is that it's not that I don't want to think logically. It's not that I forget what the word of God says. It's not that it's not important to me. It's like when I'm down there in fear, my brain cannot reason. 
So it's nice to know that when we ask kids, you know, what were you thinking? Really, the answer is they weren't. Mm -hmm. They couldn't. And that is really a wrong question because nobody thinks in the fear mode. That fear mode is there for us to survive, one, and two, to learn that we are safe in him. Safety is the most important part of that. So knowing that, like, okay, I need to be safe in the Messiah, loved by the Messiah, then I get out of that fear mode and I'm able to reason like he did with Joe. Where were you? He asked questions in that uh, executive brain function. <laughs> uh, where were you when I did this? Where, you know, Questions are excellent at that point because you can think. He actually says to Job, let us reason together. So we need to get out of that fear mode so that we can reason with him. We can sit with him in heavenly places, like Paul tells us in the book of Ephesians, and we can say, hmm, okay, yep, from up here, the enemy looks really small. That's so good. <laughs> I'm not afraid of it because he can't touch me. <laughs> so we need to live in heavenly places with him in the mind of Messiah, letting that rule. There is no fear in love. That's why he says that. He, he, knows, he knows neuroscience. You know, we had to learn this recently, <laughs> but he knows that very well. And he knows that up there, there is no fear. So he needs to get us out of that, but that out of the trenches to get to set us, to seat us with him in heavenly places. And then we can reason together and he can say, okay, did you see what you do? You did there? That is because of this. And there are very simple techniques that we can have, we can learn so that when we face those moments that will come on, you know, they come to the surface when we're ready to deal with them. And when we don't, they go down it, Below the surface of the water, we all have that picture in our mind of the tip of the iceberg, right? We live out on above the water in that tip of the iceberg, which is the tiniest little piece of that mountain. <laughs> that is a huge mountain underneath the water. When all those things come up to the surface, we need to deal with them. And there are easy ways to deal with them. As we do that, they become part of us because we, we have a lot of fragments. So then those get attached in a proper way, in a healing fashion, and then you get stronger and stronger and stronger and more of that mountain is visible. It's above the water and that water goes lower and lower and lower. And uh, by the time you can see the whole mountain, that then we're done and we can, <laughs> we'll be going and see our savior face to face. So it is good to know that you don't have to tread water all your life. There are good and simple things that he has shown us to detach the emotion from that event so you can actually see it outside of that moment, not stuck in it, because it's horrible when you are inside of a rink with a bull you know, breathing in your neck, you know, you can't think it's like, what? help. So, but when he takes you out and you can see, Oh, the bull cannot touch me. I'm outside the fence. You are, you can go, blah, 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 you know, and do whatever you want. And the bull cannot do anything to you. That's what we do with this techniques. We detach the emotion so that you can get out of the rink, can see the bull face to face and say, okay, let's deal with you. And you address it and the bull will not fight you. 
that he has no reason to fight you because that emotion has been put to rest. So you don't forget that there is a bull there. Obviously, he's a physical matter in the world. And so is the event that happened to you. It's not going to go away, but it doesn't have to hurt you every time you think of it. Exactly. And so as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about what's going on within the body of the Messiah, conversations that I've had with other people in leadership positions and other people who were also on the road to recovery. Um, You know, I think about the question that Yeshua asks, do you want to be well? Mm. You have Mm -hmm. to want to be well. A lot Mm -hmm. of times when I was working in the field, Um, we would ask clients or patients, what is the payoff of you staying Mm -hmm. sick? What is the payoff? Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people are stuck in their addiction. They're stuck in victimhood. They're stuck in arrested development. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know about you, Simi, but I've seen a lot of people within the body that they like to argue. Mm -hmm. They like to split hairs over the Torah portion, um, over the meaning of words or the meaning of passages. And um, there just seems to be a lot of strife and division within the body. Mm -hmm. And one one of the word pictures, well, I don't know if word picture is the right way to put it, but one of the pictures that the father gave to me was a sandbox, a big sandbox. Mm -hmm. And that here are people playing in the sandbox that they have nice Tonka toys and they're playing nice. But as soon as someone approaches their sandbox wanting to play and they only have a little matchbox car, they end up having sand kicked in their face Because there's someone who only has a matchbox car wanting to play in the sandbox and those other people in the sandbox with these nice Tonka toys look down at this this person wanting to come into the sandbox to play Mm. because you don't measure up, because Mm. you don't have um, nice toys and you don't have anything to give. There's such a level of immaturity within the body. And, you know, people, all people have gifts and talents. Mm-hmm. And the little toe is just as important as the hand. You know, mm-hmm. we all have different parts of the body. We all have gifts and talents. And to be rejecting someone because they only have a little Tonka toy or because um, they're a toe that remains hidden is, mm-hmm. is not acceptable in the Father's house. The Father is calling people with all gifts, all talents. He's calling people with those big Tonka toys, you know, those, those big gifts, whether... You know, that's, that's an amazing gift of uh, preaching the Torah, teaching the Torah, or if it's someone who 
has a lowly gift, lowly in quote marks, uh, lowly gift of cleaning. Or um, I remember one time going to listen to Rico Cortez and he was talking about the temple and how much work it took to keep the temple going. And I love the analogy that he gave about, um, you know, when you go into a public restroom, do you appreciate a nice, clean bathroom? What if that bathroom was in disarray and filthy? Hmm. You know, so pointing out that people that are janitors are just as important as the priest. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. everybody has a different role to play. Everybody has a di different gift, and they're all equally important. Right. And, and back to the analogy of the sandbox, we are children, and we are all in this maturing process. There is way too much rejection of other people because they don't have what's deemed a an important role in the body i don't know I, i'm hoping that i'm making some sense you and are you are and if you think about it i love um let's use your analogy with how the brain works so you understand why those people reject you they don't reject you because they are uh, well some people have sear their conscience and they're walking in evil you know desires and and uh you know it's all about i me and myself and i'm gonna you know sink you in the sandbox so nobody can see you so because you're threatening me but think about this going back to that threatening place of that survival mode um if somebody gets triggered by you coming in with your little toy truck and because you know it could be that your little toy truck will be better than my big hunkadoodle <laughs> thing you know and but when you get threatened by somebody, then you want to stop them. You, 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 actually, you want to destroy them. You want to say, you get out of here. I don't want you. And it is because they're threatened by you. So that goes back into that place of uh, safety. You know, you're, you're threatening my survival here. So I'm going to have to stop you. Then what happens if they're not threatened by you because of their safety? They, they feel pretty secure with their big truck, but they still feel that if you come in, you're going to get all the friends. You know, I'm not going to be connected. I'm not going to be the popular one. Then, you know, if you go into the limbic part of the brain that they're both based on fear. So then that fear, you're being triggered that things are not going your way. I want all the friends to be mine. I don't want you coming into my circle. You are threatening my, my connection and the loyalty of all these people because they think that I have the better truck. So, you know, Kind of a thing. So it is an emotional thing. So then you have to, uh, you know, you, you'll have that reaction where they, you have to be uh, stopped. The other one, you want to punish you because I need to survive. This one, you need to be stopped. You know, just go away. You can't be in my circle. If that person is not, is not in that fear zone where it feels triggered by this, their safety of things not going their way in the limbic part, then they are ready to learn. It's like, 
whoa, I love your truck. Let me see what it does. You know, I want to learn from it. Goodness gracious. You know, I have this big hunk of doodle thing that it's going up and down and all, but yours can do the same thing. And then you want, you are intrigued. You want to know how it works. You want to take it apart. You want to learn from it. You know, that is the way the executive brain works. It's a problem solving. It's needed for social settings. It's needed for us to be all together as the body because he says that until it's an efficiency, until we all attain to the length, the depth, the width, and the um, width, length, depth, and height of his love then, which is, you know, all dimensions of his love, then we don't get in. So I need you. I need to learn what that little truck does. I need to know what the medium-sized truck does, what the huge truck does. All the trucks are important, like the little toe and the heart and the brain in a body, like you said. So yes, by all means, but that gives you an understanding because, listen, the father is really working on us being just like him, right? And how is he? He's merciful, compassionate, kind, full of kindness. He is love, uh, forgiving, sin, trespasses, and wickedness. Think about that. If you go to Exodus 34, 6, and 7, you will get a picture of God that we all need to attain because we are his image bearers. So how do we overcome him being ugly and kicking us out of the sandbox? It's being kind, being loving, being merciful because we understand, oh, okay, you, you're, you're being threatened by me right now because you don't feel safe. So what do I do? You know, get a gun and, or a knife and attack him? No, I need to help that person feel safe around me. So, if, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that we're almost out of time, and, and that's a really great segue into just touching base on the women's retreat, the Good Samaritan Women's Retreat, because it's all about building, creating safe yes. spaces. And, and yes. so that's what the Father gave to me was um, – to, to do these women's retreats, creating a small, safe space mm-hmm. um, and bringing together a team of people that have different skill sets yeah. in order to create a place where women can come and w- without being distracted by their everyday lives. And so, Simi, you are one of our presenters. I'm so excited about that. So for the listeners, um, just briefly, we have a team of um, women. Uh, Jovan Davis, who is a licensed clinical social worker. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Keisha Gallagher. Grace and Tora will be presenting. Mm-hmm. We have yours truly uh, going to be presenting. We have Juliet Van Heerden, who is going to be talking about boundaries and codependency. We have Dr. Deb Wiley-Gold. She's going to be talking about um, finding your authentic self, embracing your authentic self. Mm-hmm. And then we have Bonnie Manning, who is also going to be um, speaking to us 
And I'm not quite sure the message that the father is going to be putting on Bonnie's heart, but she's an amazing writer and just has such a beautiful heart. And so we also have a team of women, um, the hospitality team that's going to be cooking and cleaning and serving. And um, that's headed by a dear friend of mine, Brenda Perla, who is an amazing cook. Oh, my goodness. This woman could have her own restaurant. And then dear friend of mine, uh, Kelly Lewis, is part of that team. She makes the best lentil soup. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and then another lady, Marianne Frank, she will also be serving. And so for those of you that are interested in this retreat, you can register by going to www.eventcreate.com and look for the Good Samaritan Women's Retreat. And that retreat is February 16th to February 20th. And we will also have one in June in uh, Johnson City, Tennessee. So we are out of time and so Simi and I are going to bid you shalom. Simi, I want to say thank you so much for joining me and sharing the wealth of knowledge that you have. I know you have so much more to share with other people. So I just want to say thank you and shalom. Thank you. My pleasure. Shalom. I will leave you with the ironic blessing. Shalom.